1: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
2: coming up still this hour we have an update on the woman in new hampshire that we talked about yesterday that got stuck in the trash compactor in the garbage truck yeah and the compactor part it's a great update it's an amazing update i don't know how i don't know how we got to that point but we'll uh, we'll get to that coming up later this hour uh the state superintendent of public instruction in the state of oklahoma is a guy named ryan walters who i am just like some people you just hear about and you're like oh oh this guy he implemented a program in the state where retention bonuses were going to go out to some teachers and now we have learned that tens of thousands of dollars in bonuses went out to teachers, some of whom did not qualify for the program. And it's some of the reasons that he's giving for why that happened that make me want to, like, this is the guy you want to punch in the face.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he's not making himself any friends. There's no doubt about it. Now, the, the you can kind of see his point if he's right about, why these bonuses were given out. We'll get into some of the specifics on that in a sec, but you can kind of see his point. The thing is delivery matters yeah. and, and the way you say things matters and, and he's not doing himself any favors. What apparently happened here is that you had a bunch of people, one of whom was a woman who just had a baby who was spotlighted as part of this. And they, they had this sliding scale for these retention bonuses. And it depended on things like what grade level you taught, how long you had been a teacher, um, and you had to sign up for the program. So in signing up for the program, you had to fill all of that information out so they could figure out what to give you. If If you were eligible for anything, and if so, how much? So this one particular woman, and she's not the only one, did exactly that. She says she filled out the information accurately, and was given the entire fifty thousand dollars, which ended up, after taxes, being a little over, over thirty thousand dollars in a bonus. That it just showed up in her bank account, so she was thrilled. Okay, brand new baby, you know this is going to make teaching a little bit easier, and got this fifty thousand dollar, you know, thirty thousand after taxes bonus put in. And started getting ready to, you know, pay off some bills and do some other things with the money. And she said two weeks later, she got an email saying they were
2: taking the full amount back, all of it. The, the entire thing. Um, letter arrived from the Oklahoma State Department of Education saying, you have received this money in error and you must repay it by the end of February. Um, she has already spent it. She So she doesn't just have it sitting there. She yep. bought a new car for the family finish some home improvements. Um, Average teacher pay in Oklahoma is $54,800. It's 38th in the country. And I hear bonuses and recruitment or retention bonuses. And I think, yeah, this is what you're doing to try to keep the teachers from leaving the state or from going into other professions like we've talked about before. Um, It was designed to recruit new teachers for the most difficult jobs to fill, including early elementary and special education. Now they're looking at overhauling the program entirely.
3: Yeah, No kidding, because they apparently gave out a bunch of money they weren't supposed to give out.
2: So a total of $185,000 went to teachers who didn't qualify for the program at all. 105,000 was overpaid to teachers who qualified for a lesser amount. Now they're asking for the money back. And we can sit here and talk about whether this is one of those where the state should just eat the money instead of asking for the money back.
3: Yes. And this is the piece where, like we said, he's not making himself any friends because in the statement that was given out, it was during an interview. So it wasn't really a statement, but it was during an interview. He was asked about this. Ryan Walters, the state superintendent of public, uh, public instruction. And effectively his response was, we think they lied on their applications. Now, if that's the case, then yeah, they've got to give the money back. If you went, I mean, that's no different than the COVID fraud that we heard so much about. If you lied on the application and said you had been a teacher for 10 years when you had just started a year ago, yeah, that's a problem and that's your fault. So yes, you should have to pay the money back. But if it turns out, that they did fill the information out accurately, and it was tabulated incorrectly by the state, that's on them.
2: So I go back and forth about that because part of me says, you're right. I mean, if they lied and they got money because they lied, they should have to give it back. I also get a little annoyed saying, did the state not double check credentials and make sure that would have been a very easy thing to have. It's the state department of public instruction you would have access to all those records you just took their word for it yeah i mean that's a lot i mean it stinks that anybody would lie but money is money you just took their word for it that everybody was telling the truth like do your due diligence do a google search and make sure they're actually you know have the credentials that they say they did
3: sure and the one woman that we were talking about and again she's not the only one she's one of many who were either paid money they didn't deserve at all or overpaid And she was saying, no, I absolutely filled out the information correctly. I know how long I've been a teacher. I know what what grade level I taught. It's not my fault that they put this money in. And, you know, I look at this differently because I think the other comparison you can make is the bank error that we were talking about Mm -hmm. with the cop last week, where the Mm -hmm. bank just screwed up and deposited $100,000 in his account. He went out and spent it all. In that case, you know that that's money you don't deserve. Right. Right. In her case, she signed up for a bonus program. They gave her a bonus.
2: Right. Yeah, and then to ask for it back so quickly? Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm going back and forth about you're you're right. They shouldn't they shouldn't have spent money that they knew wasn't theirs. Um so that's kind of one category, but for the other people that did fill out the paperwork correctly, why are they asking for it back? Yeah. That's why are they even asking for it back?
3: Exactly. Yeah. And and what I think we're probably gonna end up with here is a series of hearings where these mm-hmm. teachers are gonna have to go in and say, this is the paperwork I filled out. This is and, and every single thing on here is accurate, that they're gonna have to prove themselves, which is silly. But I mean, if if they have allegations of fraud, what they should do is say, okay, this is it, and we have we've looked at this paperwork. And we know, based on what you just said, we have access to these teacher records. So we know there's fraud. He's not even saying that. He's saying we think there's fraud.
2: Here's what's dumb about this program. Why aren't you just... Again, the state has access to all of those records. Why not just go through your records, set a bar for who would make those bonuses... Why do people have to apply? Yeah, just give them out.
3: If you're going re- to <laughs> give out retention bonuses, you figure it out, and you hand them the bonus along with a letter of explanation of here's why you just got a check for 50
2: grand. It's like you're hoping not every teacher has heard about the program so uh-huh. you don't have to dish out as much money. Exactly.
3: Yeah, well, and is not exactly swimming in cash, so that right. makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way. Yeah. Here's a bonus program, and here are the hoops you have to jump through in order to qualify for it. Yeah, let's go to the phones and see what Jose and Liberty's thinking about this. Hey, Jose.
4: Hello, guys. Good morning. I think that guy's lying. That superintendent, if he's saying, I think, I yeah. think, I think he's lying. He's making that stuff up. And uh, if where's the proof? Where's the proof that these teachers are lying? Like you say, they should have records of uh, those teachers. You know what they've been doing in their classes and stuff. So why can't they pull that up and you know use that as evidence that they're
3: yeah. And not on the up and up. I, I I agree completely. I mean, show show your evidence, right? Before you go on TV and start calling a bunch of people liars and frauds, show your evidence. Because I mean, we're not talking about mobsters. We're talking about teachers, <laughs> right. right?
4: Yeah, and also, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I heard this morning that there's a state rep that said uh, this is a mistake that that they made, and they need to eat it. Said, and, if, and if they don't eat it, they're going to they're going to launch. Uh, legal action against them.
3: Yeah, good. Well, I'm hoping that that's what they find. Jose, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, I would love to see the teachers show all of the information, show the paperwork and say, here it is. We didn't lie once. That guy's the problem.
2: I think it's funny that several of you on the text line are suggesting that it was unreasonable to think that any teacher was going to get a $50,000 bonus and that If you got a fifty thousand dollars bonus, you should call and make sure that that's accurate. It's on the. That's what they announced. Yeah, yeah,
3: that was part of the program. That there was eligibility for a fifty thousand dollars bonus. That's there, so it's not unreasonable for them to think that.
2: Yeah, somebody else said it's suspicious that she spent the money so fast. Why?
3: No, it's. Yeah, I I disagree heartily with that too because uh, (laughs) it was not very long. There There was a time in my life that any windfall like that was already spent because I already owed the money
2: yeah yeah I mean, what if the car was broken down yep. and she desperately needed a new car? you go out and you buy that new car right away
3: right and and if you've got you know thirty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, boom, gone
2: uh, yeah, one person on the text line keeps going off about that. she likely knew it was an error remodeling bought a car in a week, you're acting like it's drug money or something. <laughs>
0: You know, yeah. like, like well, she
2: stole the money from somewhere. And but, so she had to get rid of it.
3: But keep in mind, it, it was paying to continue a remodel that was already in progress. Right. It's not she just got the money and went, oh, let's remodel the bathroom. No, no, no. That was already in progress. She just used the money to pay that
5: off.
2: Yeah. Um, so should the teachers have to pay the money back? Um, I, I come back to do your due diligence. If you're a school and you're hiring a teacher, you do a background check. You don't just ask them, hey, you ever been convicted of a crime? Because people are gonna lie. You do the background check to be sure. And if you don't, we blame the school district for not doing that background check. Check the paperwork. Again, I I don't like the application part of this. I just think that's – it generates more paperwork. It's with the idea that you're not going to have to give out all the bonuses anyway.
3: Yes, and and so because they decided to screw around like that, this system went south. Now, I'll I'll go back to my first statement on this. If they can show fraud, then, yeah, Mm -hmm. they're on the hook for it. But my guess is going to be that, I mean, with all of the money, with all of the teachers that were bonused as part of this program – that you can't tell me that that many teachers in Oklahoma were just thinking, hey, "Hey, look at this! I can I can commit fraud here and get a whole bunch more money." I doubt it.
2: Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Feel free to weigh in here. And and the other thing about the superintendent is that he went off on the media about it, saying it was it was the media's fault. Yeah. That always scores points. Of course.
3: Well, to and, go that route, and and for the people who are saying, "Oh, the teachers should have known better," and they you know, they, they should have been suspicious of it, I go back to uh, you know, nobody hates the American worker like his fellow American worker. I don't know yeah. why we are suspicious of each other as we are, but man, anytime anybody gets anything to get ahead, there were pe- there will be people that will come out of the woodwork to tell you why they don't deserve it. Because you got
2: something I didn't. Yeah, right. That's it's the, jealousy. It's it's garbage yeah. too. Yep. All right, we're getting phone calls here. We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. Talking about this story out of Oklahoma where they had a great idea to give out retention bonuses for the teachers they needed most. Places like uh special ed and elementary education and math places where we have a harder time getting teachers. And they told teachers the bonuses may be up to $50,000. So there was an application process. They didn't just give them out to anybody that qualified. You had to apply, and they knew, teachers that applied knew that there were certain parameters, certain people that qualified. There were teachers that said, I indicated you know, whether I met these rules or not. The bonuses went out. Now the state says, yeah, we gave out some of those that didn't go to the people they should have, and we want the money back.
5: Yeah, (laughs) and
3: so, as you might imagine, a lot of people have already spent that money and now are scrambling on a teacher's salary to try to make those payments back to the state by the end of the month. We'll go to Ashley, who's in Garnett this morning. Hey, Ashley.
5: Hey, guys. My question is, this guy's trying to cover his butt, in my opinion, because if you're a state official,
2: and you've got evidence of somebody defrauding the state government, why wouldn't you forward that immediately to the attorney general?
3: Absolutely. You're right. That's theft.
2: Yeah. You are not doing your job as a state official and protecting me as a taxpayer if you knowingly
0: are covering up fraud for these people, and that's what you're doing if that's actually the case. Because you're saying, pay it back and we're good. Yeah. No, that's not the
2: way it works. What, if this is fraud against the state, send it to the attorney general. What a
3: great point. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, y- y- you turn that around and you say, okay, somebody goes in and robs a bank, and the bank puts out a statement and says, okay, well, if you just bring the money back,
2: <laughs> we won't yeah. call the...
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. Ashley, that's awesome. That's- Thank you.
2: That's the way it works. Bye, guys. Yep. We'll Thanks, see Ashley. Ya. Appreciate it. Yeah, stick your money where your mouth is, so to speak.
3: And here's here's the part about this. I mean, this is the direct quote from him. Like I said, he's not saying we have evidence this happened. He said, and this is a couple of paragraphs from the ABC News article about this, State Superintendent Ryan Walters, who implemented the program, suggested In a memo sent Monday to legislative leaders that some of the errant bonuses were because teachers had, quote, misrepresented their experience and qualifications. And then, of course, like you said, blamed the media for the fallout. He said, quote, the press has jumped the gun on their reporting, excluding vital details on the contracts and our auditing system. The fact of the matter is that over 500 teachers were recruited to Oklahoma classrooms through this program. Okay, none of that is evidence or even relevant. To no. uh, to evidence that the teachers did anything wrong. If the press jumped the gun on excluding vital details on the program and your auditing system, how
2: about show us what those details are? Yeah, it's like the people that will tell us sometimes, you don't know what you're talking about, or you get those details wrong, but don't tell us the thing is that we're getting wrong. right. So that I don't believe you. And then don't call the show. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. Right. Ah, boy, I haven't seen that on the text line 400 times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: So there was a woman that they talked to in this story and the woman that we were talking about uh, in the last segment who told the AP that, uh, again, $50,000 bonus is what she got. She got a letter saying they wanted the money back and she got the the bonus in error. She said her bonus came to $29,000 after taxes. The letter said she was ineligible because she had previously been employed as a full-time special education teacher in another district last year. She said she indicated that on her application. hmm and they said they want, so th- this feels like the state's fault. You didn't read the applications. Yep. You didn't check to make sure they met the parameters. Sometimes people misread things. Well, and back to your point,
3: uh, their auditing system. Okay, so your idea is somebody applies, give them the money, and then audit it later? Yeah. Yeah, we'll just
2: ask for it back later if we're wrong.
3: Let's talk about how many stupid things the state did in the process of this. something that should have been a very, very simple thing. As you indicated, they they should have just taken this all on themselves, done it. If you're going to have a retention program, you bonus everybody who's eligible for it. And then if you screw it up, it's your fault.
2: Yeah, or let principals apply on behalf or school superintendents apply on behalf of their teachers or whatever. Uh, if you don't trust them, it's so dumb. So, yeah, lawmakers are in session in Oklahoma like they are in most places. So uh, they're they're wanting
3: answers. Yeah, you better believe they're going to be asking for answers on all of this, on how this happened. And I think that the belligerents, we didn't play any of the audio from this guy. We've heard it. And he sounds he sounds like somebody who has been caught and is trying to shift blame. He's angry and overly aggressive in a place where he should not be, where it doesn't make any sense for him to respond that way. Yeah. And, uh, and that kind of belligerence, uh, it it almost always happens when you've got somebody who knows that they just screwed up and they're trying not to make it look like their fault. He's afraid he's going to be
2: out of a job. Let's get to another call here before we go to a break. Uh, Carol is in Garnett. Hi, Carol.
5: (laughs) Hi. Um, The point has been,
4: I was thinking that when you said that she was paid $50,000 and had to pay $20,000 back in Texas, how much of that went to the state? So they're asking for her to pay
5: (laughs) that. That's that's Uh true. Yeah. Right.
3: Right. Yeah. Thank you, Carol. Yeah, because they indicated they want the full amount back. They want yeah. the $50,000 back. Um, yeah, bonuses are normally taxed at 34% if, as far as federal tax goes, um, mm-hmm. it, which is the highest bracket. So they, they just want to make sure that they're covered for something like that, especially a bonus that big. But, yeah, usually state withhold I don't know what the state tax rate is in Oklahoma. I know what it is in Kansas. But, uh, yeah, usually state withholding. The safe bet is to go with about 5%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, how much money they actually got from that. That's an that's an interesting point.
2: Text line, the number one way to have a retention program fail. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> yeah. joke. No kidding. Well said. Well said. All right, I we'll take a break. Coming up, we will update the woman that was just uh, taking out her trash, putting it in the dumpster, and it was the wrong time for when the garbage man came to collect the dumpster. We'll update how she's doing coming up next here on KMBZ.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: So we were talking about the story yesterday, and we can laugh about it now, uh, where a New Hampshire woman on Monday, 60 years old, uh, was out taking her garbage out to her dumpster, and she told firefighters she fell in. Later, at some point, a garbage truck comes to empty that dumpster, and she was still inside.
3: Yeah, and ended up being compacted in the back of that thing four times. Now, here's the wild part about that. Uh, I mean, in addition to the fact that she even survived any of that, is that you mentioned she told firefighters uh, that she had fallen into the dumpster. She told them that through an opening in the back of the truck as they were rescuing her. And they said that she was not alert enough anymore at that point, having gone through this incredible ordeal to answer any further questions than that. She just said, yeah, I fell into the dumpster and then was just overcome and couldn't answer any more questions. Unbelievable. Uh,
2: The truck driver, the driver of the garbage truck did not know someone was inside the back in the bin of the truck until he finally spotted her through a camera that was placed inside the truck after it had squeezed her at least four times.
3: Yeah. And the neighbors could hear her. He uh-huh. couldn't because he's the one that's in the cabin driving the truck. And for whatever reason, whether it was the noise from the truck or music he had playing inside or whatever, couldn't hear her screaming. But the people outside the truck did.
2: She has minor injuries and was just released from the hospital. Again, this just happened on Monday. Wow. She's minor out? injuries. She's out. Yeah. The description of this, neighbors, when you talk about neighbors heard it, said, all you heard was screaming. She was in agony. Yeah. Um, I, again, I wonder, I we, we speculated yesterday, not knowing how the compact works, like if it's just two metal plates that go sweet, whatever. Right. Like if it didn't, uh, if, if, you know, like maybe there's a mechanism in it. Where it backs off based on what's – although it's not supposed to do that. But, like, we wondered, did it crush her legs? Right. But it didn't get her chest. Yeah, that's – Minor injuries. I mean,
3: it, it be because, yeah, she was legs down into this thing. So, uh, the, yeah, the idea that she got out of this without bones that were not crushed or broken or any of that. I mean, she was clearly in pain. But to, to, to get out of this with minor injuries – Wow. You're right. I mean, there are safety mechanisms. I don't know if there's anything built into a trash truck like that. But I mean, there are things, you know what a circular saw looks like, like a table saw? They have those where it will cut right through a two by four. But if it senses your fingers, it'll stop immediately. I mean, I don't know how that works, but I know those exist. I've seen them demonstrated. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you would build something like that into a trash truck, because there's not supposed to be anybody anywhere near that. Right. But do they? Yeah, does it have something that if it senses, and how would it know the difference between, you know, last Thursday's roast and your leg?
2: Yeah, or an animal. Yeah. I could see an animal being in a dumpster. Um, They called it a technical rescue I I wondered, like, did they have to cut something open Mm -hmm. or cut the truck apart in order to be able to get her out of there? But they just said it was a, uh, a technical rescue. Firefighters said they were able to speak to her through an access point where she was heard talking and screaming, but could not clearly answer questions.
3: Yeah. Ooh, okay. yeah, somebody yesterday uh, on the text line told me the name of that thing, that stretcher that's made out of wire mesh, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what it was, but, uh, yeah, that's what they ended up pulling her out of there on, and uh, and they took her off to the hospital. I mean, rushed her to the hospital because they didn't know at that point what the extent of her injuries was. They just knew she was still alive, and now we find out just minor injuries. Somebody's going to have to go and do a deep dive, Pardon the use of the term in a trash truck, <laughs> uh, but into mm-hmm. into just how she survived. I wonder how much of this she's going to be able to remember and piece back together to tell the story.
2: Yeah, and again, how long was she in there? That's the part that we don't know. Yeah. How long was she in the dumpster before they picked it up? And I wondered, too, um, if the garbage truck company, if we're going to hear at some point about new measures in place or new mechanics in those trucks. I mean, this is a freak accident, right? I mean, we've never done a story like this. But now will that company say, OK, for next time, as if there would be a next time, somehow we're either going to do a better check of the dumpster before we dump it or yeah. so that this doesn't happen again.
3: And thank you again, text line. It's a Stokes stretcher is what that thing is called. So now we all learned something. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and, you know, again, the questions are coming in from people saying, well, how do you fall into a dumpster? It's probably easier than you think. I mean, especially if you're trying to get something heavy or like you pointed out, Jamie, if she dropped something while she was throwing the trash in there and went in to try to go get it and hit her
2: head when she fell in, who knows? It must have been a really big dumpster because it had to have been full. Otherwise, the garbage truck wouldn't have been, you know, you presume they come pick it up once a week. Yeah. So it had to have had stuff in it. I can totally see how it would happen. We have a dumpster behind my building and I said this yesterday I always have to take keys out there with me so that I can get back into our back door because it locks behind me. My fear always is that, in fact, I always put those keys on the ground so that I don't throw them into the dumpster and have to go get them. I could see falling in. I mean, I'm five feet tall. That dumpster, it's up to about my chest because of where it sits. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe she hit her head or something on the way in. If
3: I started right now describing all of the stupid ways over the course of my life that I've hurt <laughs> myself, yeah, we wouldn't be done by 2. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll spare you the stories, but yeah, things like that happen and and it's never going to surprise me to find out that somebody just screwed up and like we say you don't know. I mean, maybe uh you know something that she was wearing on her wrist, a bracelet or something like that got caught on whatever it was she was tossing into the dumpster and pulled her in with it.
2: Yeah. Um, I I think that's funny. The question that people are asking is, is how did she fall into the dumpster in the first place? My question is, how did the, and and where was the camera, you know, that they were able to finally see her and why did it take that long to be able to see her in the truck? It, It does just seem weird that you would dump, that you wouldn't notice a person as you, as the dumpster goes in and maybe they're just not looking.
3: Yeah, it, it's probably just rote, you know, uh, yeah. especially if it was, and we don't know what this particular trash truck looked like either. Is it one of the ones that has the two forks on the front of it? You know, the the, the big, huge trash truck, because then once you raise that over the level of the cab in front of the cab, you're not going to see anything unless you're watching that camera because it's dumping it over top
2: of your head. I, I have a picture of the truck. I don't think it has that.
3: It's not that. Okay. It's, it's the one that's no. got the arm on the side.
2: Yep, I don't think the picture that I have has it's snowing in the midst of all this, um, and it's of the rescue. I don't see those two, (laughs) bars. Speaking of dumb ways to hurt yourself, yeah, we just got a text from somebody that
3: says I deliver small dumpsters. I've had people sleeping in them. I know, double check, but it's not policy. So in this case, it wasn't that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. the idea that somebody could get racked up in a dumpster like that not not out of bounds.
2: So they did say that, by the way, and we'll go to your calls. Um, that I can't remember how they put it, but they did say she was not homeless. This was not her. She lived in that building. She lived in the apartment.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's yeah, let's go to it and bring in Alex and KCK. Hey, Alex. Hey.
4: Good morning. you took the words right out of my mouth. I was wondering if it was one of those top load ones, you know, that comes in and picks the unit up and pours it in, or you know, and then there's the residential urban. Bins, they've got trash trucks to fix those up. But yeah, that's pretty bizarre. And I've heard of a lot of people living in dumpsters. In fact, I, I I lived in Topeka for a while <laughs> yeah a good neighborhood, and you'd be surprised how desperate people can get. It. But wow, amazing, amazing! God was looking over her like crazy.
3: You got amazing. it.
5: Yeah, love yeah. it. Thank oh, you, Alex. Did, uh, they
4: ever, did they ever... Uh, oh, well, never mind. Oh,
3: go ahead. Did, did they ever what?
4: Oh, well, did they ever get
3: the kid out of the grain elevator? Yes. Yeah, and he was also rescued and completely safe.
4: Yeah, that's good. That's good. I worked in air pollution control for a number of years, and those grain elevators, it's just like quicksand.
3: Yes. Can,
4: people fall in, and they blow up, too. you got to be careful about how you look into one of those things. I was at Purino when a guy tried to take a a, a travel light down in into this elevator and we said we're getting the hell out of here you're
3: crazy yeah that's a bad idea all right yeah alex thank you yeah i'm glad we were able to deliver good news on both stories definitely
2: all right uh moving on here to and i think the story i think the question is interesting uh about where you keep your stash of cash at home.
3: <laughs> yeah, this this came to us out of a story in Canada where you had a, a bunch of young people who were in a business where they go in and they clean out your ductwork. work. Um, you've seen them do this, I'm sure, or at least heard commercials for businesses that do this, where they have a vacuum that goes down into the ductwork in your house, the AC and heating ducts. And it just sucks up all the dust and everything that that accumulates in there over time. And if you have pets, believe it. There's a bunch of stuff in your ducts that really shouldn't probably be there. So that's what they were doing. And they happened to notice as they were going in and cleaning out these ducts, one of the old Nestle Quick cans. Jamie, you mentioned these the other day with the mm-hmm.
2: Strawberry Quick. They had the round part that you pop off. Right. They yeah, have a little top.
3: round thing in the middle, mm-hmm. and it's a rectangular-shaped can, and they've got that one little pop-out where you, you, know, you dip in and get your Nestle Quick. So they saw this Quick can, and they thought, okay, well, we need to get that thing out of there. And when they opened it up, they found $5,000 in bills that had been stashed there. It was somebody's cash stash that either they died— you know, or forgot about or whatever, and they they pulled all this money out. They were showing it to the TV cameras going, look what we found in the Nestle Quick Can. And it started me to wonder, I wonder how many people still do that in the era of electronic transfers of money and all of that stuff. Do you still keep a stash of any amount of cash, any decent amount of cash, hidden away somewhere in your house? It's the like the proverbial under the mattress thing.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't keep a lot because I trust banks and the credit cards that I have access to. It's more so um, like I'll get money for Christmas or my birthday's right after Christmas, like something like that. And rather than deposit it at the bank, I'll just keep it for the rare occasion that I I could not tell you what my pin is for the ATM. (laughs) It has been so long since I've been there. And so I don't keep a lot at home, but I live in a building, I'm on the bottom floor, you just don't want to, you don't want to make it easy for people. Right. There's no reason to just leave it out. And so, and I'm always worried I'm going to hide it somewhere and then forget where I put it. I'm going to be that person, especially lately with my memory being the way it is. Like I have a wad of keys, same thing, like to my mom's house and stuff like that, that I don't keep out because you don't want someone to just take the keys. I start to wonder like, okay, you need to write down where you are keeping all of this stuff so that you don't, you don't forget someday.
3: Yeah. And so where is yours? I mean, if you want to text in 913-586-7798, and you don't have to tell us where you live. We're no. not, not going to come and take we're the not money coming. out of your cash stash. I'm just wondering what, what kind of innovative and interesting places do people do that? Because we have uh, a metal box that has mm-hmm. all of our important papers in it. Right. And we usually keep somewhere between like three dollars and $400 in there right. in cash, just in case... All of a sudden, we we need money. you know we we need some ready cash right now for whatever reason, just to have that sort of mad money. And the other thing that I do is uh, with buying and selling stuff online as much as I do, and a lot of that is cash business. To, in order to keep my money, uh, you know the, from that away from that other stash of cash, just so I know which money's which. I've got you know you know those little mic stands that only stand about 6 inches high and they've uh-huh. got that disc on the bottom of them the real heavy couple. one mm-hmm. yeah um I have one of those in in the top of uh on the top shelf of one of our closets at home and I'll fold up a bunch of money and just put it in there that way I know if I'm going to go buy you know, another guitar or another whatever, I know where to go get that money real quick and mm-hmm. just, you know, pull it out and, and I'm ready to go. I don't have to stop at the ATM. So there's nothing under there now. In case you know where I live, it's actually empty at the moment. But <laughs> but in the past, that's where I've kept some.
2: What I think is funny is the number of people that are texting in, no one is saying they keep it in a safe. <laughs> yes. Why wouldn't you keep it in a safe?
3: Right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I can I can almost kind of see that unless it's a fireproof safe, if yeah. you're worried that you won't be able to grab it real quick before you leave the house in the event of an emergency.
2: I have a fireproof safe. That's what they're designed. And then they, you get them that bolt into so that nobody can just... I mean, they can eventually figure out how to unbolt it, but they can't just grab it. It, yeah. it would take a little bit of work in order to be able to steal and then have to get into it. The house. But no one's saying the safe.
3: No, I know. The house that we bought many, many years ago down in Florida from the guy who was a little bit nuts, um, he had... Two safes sunk into the concrete in, wow. in the bedroom. One was a gun safe, and the other one was just a safe safe. And we never, ever used them for anything. I mean, we even had the keys to them. We just never used them.
2: Huh. 913 We can get to a call here. We'll take a break. Get to more of your calls. Yeah, let's go to
3: Stephen and Olathe first. Hey, Stephen. How are you? Good, good. So where's your um, money? Yeah, we
6: did, I think a little bit of you know, exactly. hey, here's exactly my address and where I keep it.
2: Right. Um,
6: <laughs> as, as John hangs up the phone and I just keep talking
2: to Jamie. Right. <laughs> he's looking up your phone oh. number right now to see if it's connected to an address. Yeah, exactly. He's very. He's very clever like that. Yeah, he he. you mentioned a little
6: bit of my, my thunder there, that everything that we, we started this years ago, anything we got for Christmas money from friends and family or whatever, we just started a little, we started putting it in a safekeeping place. And I eventually, and I know I'm going to get railed over the cold for this, we've got a massive library. We, we have a lot of books. I hollowed out an extra Stephen King book that I have. And it's completely hollowed out, and only my wife and I and my daughter know which title it is, and it's it's set in, and that's where we keep the money.
3: That's cool. Yeah, I've I've yeah. seen those. I've seen books that are actually phony books like that. That yours is a real one that you hollowed out. But this I've is seen a them real that, one. Yeah. Right? We had
6: a carpenter actually hollow it out very carefully, and it's it's where we keep all the money that we turn around and give to grandkids and friends and family for Christmas. It's like an ongoing Christmas fund.
3: Well, I, I hope it's not Christine, because that's my favorite Stephen King book. So <laughs> I don't want you to destroying that one. <laughs> Stephen, thank you very not much for the one. call. <laughs> Good. Good deal. Yeah. Thanks a lot for the call. Um, that's what I'm talking about. The, I mean, the, the Folgers can, right, was the yeah. cliche. That was yeah. keeping them in the Folgers can up on the top shelf of the cabinet.
2: Yeah, or in your freezer somewhere, some of you were texting in, because who's going to look there? Yep. All right, we need to get to a break. Josh, everybody hang on the line. We'll get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. Where are you keeping your cash at home? We promise we're not looking up your phone number to see what the address is, although we definitely know that's possible, having found our own addresses yeah. online based on the phone numbers. Uh, but what's where's the secret stash? Yeah,
3: we'll get back to it and head to uh, – it looks like Josh in the Northland is up next to us. Hey, Josh.
6: Hey, guys. So a uh, place where I used to keep, them, uh, keep it would be in the tank of the toilet, like the back of the toilet. Right. Um, but I've since then, uh, keep it behind a cable wall plate and you don't even have to use an existing cable outlet. You can just cut out a hole in the wall and buy one of the wall plates from the hardware store and just screw it in. So it looks like it's supposed to be there.
3: Definitely. That's a great idea. And as far as using one that, you know, that's disused, I don't know how many people still use their cable outlets. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's a great place to do it. I love it.
6: Yep, I've never heard of anyone breaking into a house and pulling the wall plates. Pulling off the, the switch plates. Yeah. <laughs> that
2: would take yeah. a, a lot. lot
3: of you got it, me Josh. Too. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I can see thieves there with a screwdriver going, come on, come on. <laughs> no, nothing in this one either.
2: <laughs> it's funny. You got me looking around now about what I could take the back off of to hide stuff in. Mm-hmm. Like the board I use, you know, it's got a pretty big gap in the back. and I sure shove some cash in there?
3: Yeah, and even, uh, you know, the, the, the ductwork thing probably is a fairly common one because it's something you wouldn't readily be able to see. You could put it an arm's length down under the floor in a duct, right. and, yeah, nobody's ever going to check in there.
2: Fire. That's the only thing I would worry about at that point. Definitely.
3: How about Amanda and Lawrence up next? Hi, Amanda.
5: Hi there. Hey there. Um, I keep my, I do Uber and Lyft, so I get a lot of cash tips, and so I just keep my cash um, in, like, a coffee can with my change, and um, I use that money for, like, savings, like, you know, take my daughter here. Also, I have a 13-year-old. She likes to tell me things at the last minute, like I need money for a field trip or whatever, so it's readily available when she needs it, so that's why I keep cash around.
3: Got it. Sure. Sure. Okay. All oh, right. a Coffee can. Yep. Hey, got to go with the, the tried and true coffee can. How about Casey
5: and St. Joe up next? Hello, Casey. Hi, guys. How are you all doing? Couldn't be great. better. Good, good, good. Um, no, I had a funny little story. Uh, years ago, um, the guy who had a car for sale, and um, I called my dad at work and told him about it. And I said, this car is great. It was right around tax time. The guy needed money. So um, he told me, he says, "We'll go in the kitchen, go to the freezer. Is it up there by the ice maker, he said, there's like a, looks like maybe bacon wrapped up in uh, aluminum foil. <laughs> oh, pulled it out, opened it up, and he had about three grand stashed in the refrigerator. <laughs> That's not <And> it, bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, so, yeah, he got him a 67 Impala and, uh, you know, just an awesome old car. Mm-hmm. But, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. He always said that, you know, hey, you know, it's uh uh, the place catches on fire. Refrigerators are pretty well insulated, so maybe it'll. Yeah, maybe hopefully it won't burn.
3: Yeah, you're not the only one to say so. Yeah, that came in on the text line too. People talking about. Yeah, I keep mine in the freezer because I know it's fireproof.
5: Yeah, yeah. Right. but you know, he he had to move it, of course, because then everybody knew where it was. So yeah. well done, well done, Casey. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
3: Yeah, and that's '67 Impala—that's the the supernatural car. So if you the ever what? watched the TV show Supernatural, uh, their car is, a, I believe it's a 67 Impala. So, yeah, nice one.
2: Um, I, I have seen, uh, I don't have this now, although it was given to me, Um, uh, for a hanger, like a cloth pocket that, go, that, that fits to your, I don't know what the real use for that would be, but it's like out of the 70s. My mom had it because I can tell because of the color of the flowers on it. But it's like a zipper pocket that goes all the way over your clothes hangers. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. That's a good place to stack because it just hangs in your closet right? and it doesn't really stand out. Also, that's a good place to put stuff
3: right readily available. And you mentioned being worried about fire before. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the story about Stringbean, the old country country music musician who was killed for his cash and the guys never could find it because he had it in the fireplace and nobody knew until they built a fire and saw little pieces of dollar bills floating away with the smoke.
2: Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sharing uh, your ideas here. Coming up in the next hour, I want to talk a little bit about a Kansas school district that is doing what we've been talking about, about offering free breakfast and lunch. A lot to get to coming up. We'll do that next here on KMBZ.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours